I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season six, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. Are you this is Roz yes. and Mocha. Yes. It's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. The Chainsmokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Carr. You're listening to my boys Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My boys Roz, Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz and Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! Wow! You just won $1,000. That is amazing. Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Man, I really stepped in it last night. Oh, my God. Do tell. Okay, so you ever say something that even as it's like you're saying it, it goes from like a really great idea to the worst idea. And you can almost see the words like coming out of your mouth and landing in the wrong spot. No, right? you're the only one that's experienced this. <laughs> okay. That's not true. <laughs> Every day. So, um, what happened? Set the scene. So, I like to diffuse tension with humor, right? That's just the way I am, when, especially when a nonsense fight is happening, whatever. It wasn't even a fight. I shouldn't even say that. We weren't fighting. Who, Everything and- was done out of love. Me and Catherine last night. Oh, no. Is the wedding off? No. Uh, oh. Oh I bought a suit. Shut up. <laughs> you don't even have an invite yet, Maureen. Yeah. And I know that. Okay, diffuse <laughs> this with comedy. Okay. Yo, so anyway, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. So we were... We were talking about when I had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And because I, I, I smelled something or I couldn't taste something properly or something tasted off to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then Catherine tries to relate it back to COVID about the, the when you're smelling, your taste and your everything else goes. Mm-hmm. And then she says, take turmeric because that happens because of like brain inflammation. Oh. And I was like, listen, stop talking about brain inflammation. I don't need you to like read the internet and then come at me with things like brain inflammation. Mm-hmm. Oh, she could be right. I don't even know. <laughs> I've done zero research on it. <laughs> I mean, okay. She's done it all. Yeah. I have, no, I have no idea. So anyway, so I'm sitting there and I say something else and she's like brain inflammation. Yeah. And then I say, because this is about to turn into a whole thing, Right. And I don't want it to turn into a whole thing. So I try to defuse with humor. And I say, maybe we should talk a little less about my brain inflammation and a little more about your ass inflammation. Lord have mercy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I expected... I expected uproarious applause from the room. No. Okay? Yeah, you don't even get anything from us. Okay. okay. Ooh, wow. Roxy looked at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? It. I was just joking. Yeah. I was well, just what, what, but Roxy, the room. Roxy looked at you like in, in... Roxy looked at you in shock. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Or did she look at you like, yeah, that's a good one, Dad. Roxy was in her head picking her funeral outfit. 
Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Because that's what she planned. Don't she you know your be. audience? I thought I knew my audience. <sighs> to me, that was a fun joke. Yo, wedding's Damn, off, bro. The wedding is not <laughs> off. Wait, but hold on. How did this end? I can't wait to know how it ended. How it ended more. You think that ended. Yeah. It's still yeah. on? That was the rest of your Look, night, I bet. <laughs> what, time, sleep? what time did that happen yesterday? <laughs> like one o'clock in the afternoon, I bet. No, no, and it, it was lasted totally, all night. It was totally ass inflation. fine. No, it's not. Listen, stop saying ass inflation, okay? <laughs> Sorry, inflammation. Inflammation, okay? It was. So you said that. Yes. And then she said what? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> did she look at you or did she turn around and Of course and walk she away? looked at me. For how long? Oh, it what seemed like an eternity. And what did you say to follow up? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so how did you leave it? <laughs> Just like that. But who got up first and walked away? Or was it like a standoff? Oh, I well, I backed out of that so yeah. fast. Oh, yeah, where'd you yeah, go? Yeah, bathroom? Yeah. I, no, just throw, I took oh. 10 feet, right? I know how far she can throw things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I saw the words coming out, and then I apologized, and like, I think everything is fine. You but think? What are you going to do today to make good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to do something. You, like, you know hey, what I'm going to have to do? Your ass looks great. You've been doing no. Pilates? No, no, no. It's, it's, oh. even, it's even worse than that. It's even worse than that. I'm going to have to now do something where I really, really mess something up and then look at her and go, you know what? I think my brain is inflamed. <laughs> <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Oh, Roz, the burden is real, huh? <laughs> Let me read you this headline, okay? This is from a real article about a real guy. Okay. I'm so good looking that it's a burden. Women are constantly trying to have sex with me, but I'd rather spend time with my dog. <laughs> you've never seen, it's a burden. You've never been or felt more seen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Marco Donatelli, he's the 22-year-old from Florida um, who of is course, the subject. Florida. Right? <laughs> who's a subject of this headline who says, again, that he is so good-looking that it's a burden. He can't even use social media because it's just filled with women throwing themselves oh, at him. No. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, wow. I'm very interested in hearing what Marco Donatelli has to say, and uh, he will be on with us in just a couple minutes. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Roz, you're pretty excited to talk to Marco, huh? Right? Tell me about <laughs> it. I've never like felt got, more seen. It's like you guys share the same life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, let's just remind everybody. So uh, the, the headline for the article where we found Marco is this. Uh, uh, I'm so good looking that it's a burden. Women are constantly trying to have sex with me, but I'd rather spend time with my dog. Uh, Marco is 22 from Florida. I'm looking at the picture. I mean, you know. Say it. Thumbs up, Maury. I have about 10 other photos that you haven't seen yet. <laughs> oh look, at, God. look at my phone. <laughs> Holy! Oh, wow. <laughs> Subscribe wow. to his OnlyFans. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no. Hold on. Before you put him on, I keep saying to him, "I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I need another photo for the interview." <laughs> okay. So he oh, likens so himself crazy. to a young Leonardo DiCaprio, uh -huh. and it's the burden of beauty claiming that women are constantly throwing themselves at him, uh, hoping to wind up in bed with him. But mm. he says, uh, "Listen, it's not. Uh, it's not for me right now." Damn. Yo, Marco, what's up, dude? It's uh, Razamoka. How are you? Good. 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 What's going on, dude? How's the battery life on your phone right now? 96. Pretty solid. I'll plug it in just in case. I don't know what you guys. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yes. Your phone blowing up all the so, time. The, the struggle is real, huh, Marco? 
Oh, man, it is real. It's okay, though. Yeah. Okay. So on average, on average, when you are checking your phone, right, on average in the DMs, how many messages would you get in a day? I never really take it off 99 plus. I just kind of look at them, but I never open them. So it usually stays there. But Snapchat, like uh, people like slide up on my stories because I, I don't have to add them back because I'm like a subscription. So just quickly for everybody listening right now, um, I could describe you, Mocha could describe you, Maury could describe you. But for anybody listening, when we say that, you, that you were, your beauty has become a burden, if you would please describe and paint a picture of you, Marco, for anyone who's listening right now. I am majority Italian, so I'd say probably about 90-something percent Italian. I'm 6'3", 215 pounds. I would say tattoos, you know, tan skin, blue eyes, great smile, uh, brown hair, curly hair, and I could flick it back if the girls want it more formal, you know what I mean? But if I'm just laying around, you know, working in the yard or cooking, I'll have, like, some curly hair. Great personality. I like to be funny and I love to dance. So if I could paint a picture, it's probably tan skin, brown hair, blue eyes, great smile, and about 6'3", 215 pounds. Okay. And, and uh, you've never worn a shirt. Oh, yeah. Shirts, th those are hard for me to wear. I get, I get yelled at all the time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Now that we get that so out of the streets, what? Women are yelling just, you, Marco, take off the shirt. I, I just I just try to eliminate that question, so I just never wear one in general. Damn. All right. So uh, going back to I, your DMs, I, right? Can you give us, Marco, an example of what women are saying to you in your DMs and so we could yes, understand I the burden? I'll tell you right now. This lady, I did accept one the other day. She said, you are seriously the most insanely handsome man I've ever seen. I've ever seen. Keep killing the game. She said, God damn, you are so gorgeous and handsome always. What I would let you do to me. And I just, I never really answer them, but that, that's just like a funny one. Uh, and what are the, the, the age range of women that are reaching out? Mostly, I've, I've had some older ladies. You know, I, a, lot of, a lot of ladies hit on me that have like three, four kids. Um, and then obviously the college crowd cause I am in college, but the age range would probably be from, I don't really show any attention to 18. So probably about 20 to upper forties. Your, your mouth is saying one thing, but your body's saying something else here. Right. So it seems to me like you sort of come off like you don't like all the attention, but when I go through your IG, I'm like, this guy only wants attention. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I want I want attention to what I've worked for and what I deserve. So, say my body, right? I want yeah. the attention for my body because I worked for it and I deserved it, and it, you know, it does help in modeling. But the constant, you know, not I wouldn't say so much harassment, but the constant attention over and over, I just find it as a burden, you know. Because when you sure. are good looking, I feel like it's like the burden is only your physical looks, and and it does go deeper than that. So, you know, what I mean, that's why I just rather hang with my dog, like instead of. Can I take a picture with you and me walking out of the pet store and I have to take a picture with somebody? Like, oh, I'd rather just hang with my dog. It, it eliminates all is that. Real. Hey, Marco, has anyone ever approached you to uh, to do a reality show? Anything like that? Yes. Um, I've had some Netflix uh, reality show come in the pipeline with me. Uh, they started casting me off of the photos I did post on Instagram. So that kind of relayed me to the opportunity to uh, join a reality TV show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It is in the pipeline, and I am set to cast here in the summer. Uh, I obviously cannot state what it is, what it's about, but I will be, you know, in the pipeline with that. I know you're 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 a model and, and a businessman and everything else, but have you ever sat down and done the math on what you could make if you just 
dipped into the world of OnlyFans? You know, I actually have. Oh, and? So my Snapchat has 117,000 subscribers on it. It's just 5% of them. Yeah. Paid $20 a month. I would make 117 k a month. A month. So what are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, I don't know. Bro, you <laughs> just did the math. You just convinced me. Like- no, I did. The, I've, I've always done the math. I've done the math since I've been doing this. But I'm like, God, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, is my, is my struggle private, is real. Is my private worth it? I don't know. Uh, We got to keep following this story. Uh, You're a fascinating individual. And, you know, believe me, the struggle is real. I get it. This is a a safe space for you, Marco, on this show. Wait, are you actually looking for a relationship or are you just like good with with not hooking up right now? Oh, I'm definitely looking for a relationship. Just one that doesn't compliment my looks first. You know, someone someone real. I'm definitely looking for someone who's ready to bring to the table, you know, what I bring, you know, I'm a big guy that put on pressure. Like if I like you, I will go up to you and I will show you pressure. Like there's no way you're getting out of it. Put it that way. Damn Marco. If I really know that like you're my type, like I will go up to you, but the girls in the club and going out and always coming up to me on the attractive side, just nah, not, not, not really for me. It's it's just a burden in that, in that point. Damn, I, I applaud you. Uh, Marco Donatelli, 22 years old from Florida. The good looks, they're a burden. Uh, we are going to follow up with you again, sir. Thank you very much for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Show. No problem. Thank you for having me. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Uh, let me go through some of these with you here. They asked couples to name some of their sort of unique relationship rules that these are ground rules that either make for a happier life, a happier Mm -hmm. house. Um, They know each other so well that they've implemented these unique rules into their lives so everything kind of goes smoothly. Mm. I'll give you one example. When we fight, we only fight naked. Meaning meaning if you're going to argue, Uh right? Like you strip down? Strip down. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I I guess the reason would be to quickly get through the argument. And then it also yep. makes things a little bit. What if more there's hilarious? company? Yeah, well, maybe you don't fight in front of company. But yes, stripping down, fighting naked, uh, never seeing or dealing with each other's families. That includes family functions, and you even go over to the holidays alone. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, what? Right. Good luck. <laughs> I would be down for that one. <laughs> uh, other people say that they only fight over text. So you have to go because, to the other room? No, it would have to be the yeah, opposite. It, because it prevents you from blurting something out that you might regret saying. Yeah. It gives you the opportunity to to re, like think, process what you're going to say before you actually say it. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you that sort of barrier where it is not as confrontational, they say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So All, right. Uh, All right. Somebody that else said somebody else said the, the key to a happy life is a chicken nugget tax. And if one person in the couple is making chicken nuggets, they have to bring one nugget to the other person before they eat any for themselves. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Uh, On-demand makeout sessions where couples fully believe that all you need to do is say, I need 30 seconds, and then you get 30 seconds of makeout time. Yo, that's amazing. I love that one. That's Uh, great. This is interesting. The no checking in policy, which is zero pressure to call or text when you're out of town or at work all day. They're not allowed to get offended or upset if you don't. I I would be down for that one. I, I don't. <laughs> of course, out of town, I think is a little weird. Yeah, but no, how often do you have to check in when you're out of town? 
No, but you don't call your significant other yeah. and be like, yo, hey, how's it going? Like, let me, like the view's beautiful here or I having arrived. a good time. I'm supposed to, anytime I travel, I have to though. check in with Matthew constantly. Because he doesn't trust you or because he misses you? Honest trust. question. Trust. Trust. Oh, okay. Oh, well. well, that's a whole different thing. You guys should be fighting naked. <laughs> <laughs> Who says we don't? Um, and then the other thing that somebody said with the, the, the key to sort of successful fighting uh -huh. is that if a fight is going to happen, you both have to commit to whisper fighting. Whisper fighting? That whisper would fighting. never work. No. And again, I guess maybe the, the, the positive in that, it takes the pressure off of what that fight is and makes the situation a little bit more comedic. Right? Yes. I, I whisper naked only, fighting. Oh my God. Imagine. Percent. With, with chicken nuggets. <laughs> with chicken nuggets. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Kiefer Sutherland is in a new show that's on Paramount Plus right now called Rabbit Hole. Espionage. Uh-oh. Type trauma. Uh, and Damon Mori interviewed Kiefer Sutherland for this. Mm -hmm. And Damon Mori, after the interview, didn't feel like it went the way <laughs> it kind of Right? <laughs> what happened, Moore? Did, did he not like you? I went in, like, I prepared... So deeply for this interview, I, uh -huh. I wanted to impress Kiefer Sutherland. I came up with what I thought were great questions, yeah. and I had these big visions of him being like, "Oh my God, that's such an interesting question. How did you think of that?" Or oh, so wow. you were looking to impress. <laughs> I was looking to like, like you know, eye to eye, look at each other, and be like, have this moment, this okay. three minute moment. So Roz, uh, <laughs> having interviewed Kiefer Sutherland in the past, yeah. how have your experiences with him? Uh, I've had ben. great times with Kiefer Sutherland, and I've had um, not so great times with Kiefer Sutherland. When I say not so great times, I mean I didn't leave feeling like I did a great job because I felt like I failed him because we just didn't connect, right? right. He's not an easy. He's, he's a very serious dude, right? Okay. But if you catch Kiefer on the right on the right day and in the right mood, and you're asking him the right stuff, I've had a really really wonderful times with Kiefer Sutherland, but right. I've also had the exact opposite. So you haven't heard these interviews. Clips. No, okay? I have, and I have an opinion. I'm not going to tell you what my opinion is. Okay, just yet. I'm just going to play them for you first. Yes. Uh, are you okay, Maury? If I just read to you, uh, read to everyone a little bit of the note that you sent to us, is that okay? <laughs> of course. Okay. So Maury said this. I'll tell you after if I wish you didn't. Okay. This didn't go as I had hoped. I only found out after the red carpet that Kiefer can either be fun or not. You never know what Kiefer you're going to get. After the carpet, I wrote Roz a text saying. Uh, if I had asked you before this car this carpet if Keith if Kiefer was fun uh, was a fun person, I'm guessing you'd say no, he's not. I had some great <laughs> questions. People around me on the carpet thought they were really good. Uh oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here is Dammit Moore talking to the great Kiefer Sutherland again. Uh, the new show is called Rabbit Hole on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Kiefer. So Dude, it's you. How are you? Oh. Good, man. How are you? It's good. We're back together. So it's good far, to so see good. you again. Two iconic voices, you and me. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so far, I heard so today, and you got to tell me if this is true and walk me through this. Do you not have email? Uh, I do not. No. No. Earth, you're missing out on birthday evites and stuff. How can you work and not live without email? I, I write my letters by hand, and, and I use the phone as a phone. So it's, uh, yeah just always been like that for me okay seems right? fine that's okay yeah right that's i think okay. it was fine yeah okay. i didn't think that there was anything wrong yeah. with that okay yeah. he gave a good he was like upbeat at the beginning I mean, of, I mean, we learned just now Kiefer doesn't have email no and, and, and normally maybe yeah i mean i think Kiefer like 
Yes, no, you're 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 right because you're either going to start with something like email or you're going to kiss his ass a little bit and talk about the show mm-hmm. and then get to the email stuff, right? So I think maybe he set off a little bit because you started this whole thing with email and birthday invites, right? Oh, sure, okay. but I mean you only have a limited time. I hear so, you. I hear yeah, you. you Got to shoot uh, a shot. Uh, more David Morey talking to Kiefer Sutherland. Why are all action heroes named Jack, James, or John? Because you got John Wick, Jason Bourne, John McClane, James Bond, Jack Bauer, and even in this, John Weir. All action. Yours, Jack, James, and John. I don't know. I don't know, but it is a coincidence. I have no idea. Do you think it's because it's easier for people to say, or no? I just it's just how it ends up, how it ended up going. I I don't I don't uh, I honestly don't know. But interesting question. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you just asked a man if your question was interesting. Also, Maury, question for you. That's that was a yeah. Was that not the question that you were intending to ask Keanu Reeves Friday night before he canceled his red carpet? It's exactly the question. So, but you just started this saying you worked really, really hard on these questions for Kiefer Sutherland. That's how this whole thing started. Because I didn't think you would bring up that. (laughs) (laughs) That I well-researched for Keanu. (laughs) Yo, you got busted. So are all of these questions were no. they intended for uh, Keanu Reeves? No, because Keanu has email. No, but like, but then I realized that in that list of Jack, John, and James, there's the Jack Bauer. So I'm like, oh my god, I can use this question I didn't get to use. I know, but but what difference does it make? It's a good question. But you started this saying I worked really, really hard I on the Keanu Sutherland thing. You didn't. You worked really, really hard on Keanu Reeves. Keanu canceled. And you just shifted everything over to Kiefer Sutherland. That's well-researched. No, it's not. And I have one more to play, okay? <laughs> Give him more with Kiefer Sutherland. You know, Why you've done some so- absolutely iconic roles. We've loved you in any, everything that you've done. Is there anything that we'd be shocked to learn that you've turned down or didn't have time to do that you just, the one that got away? Um, I, I'm... I'm I think we've all probably got a few of those in our career. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, I I focus on the work that I have done or that I am doing uh, and really grateful for that. I'm going to let you in on something more. That's the good kefir. Really? (laughs) (laughs) That's the fine kefir. When I walked away thinking it it all went like, oh my gosh, that wasn't, uh, it was question two about the Jack John James. I thought, in my mind, I thought he was going to be like, oh my God, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they did some research and those names are easy to remember. Like I thought he would just, you know, sort of ad lib in it. I did, but Two I hands. thought that he we would sort of he would be like, wow, you know, that's really I've never thought of that. Here's what I'm thinking and why they did that. No. Um, <laughs> Improv. So, I bet you if I did ask that to Keanu, he he would have a great answer. So after listening to those, I don't think that those quite now that I know the Keanu one, but um I didn't think that the interview went as bad as you had described That's amazing. Thank you. You had thought. I think it was fine. That was fine. I don't expect anything more from Kiefer Sutherland. I don't expect anything less. He's kind of like, he's just there and he provides answers. Right? Did he provide an answer? He did. He provided answers. No, no. To two, he sort of, on question two, not really. On question three about the one that got away, he kind of didn't. Bro, I'm trying to give you props right now. Like, stop analyzing. Like, you want me to say that this thing friggin' sucks? Also, also one of your questions, Maury, after the question bombed, one of your questions, your follow-up was, <laughs> but that was a brilliant question, right? But interesting question. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast.
Bras and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Keely, what's going on? It's Roz and Mocha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Keely, just like in Ted Lasso. Keely! <laughs> uh, why are you reaching out to us? Oh, my gosh. Wedding planning has been incredibly stressful. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> I came to the right place. Um, you heard it says, Kaylee Razamoka fixed my life. I'm getting married next April and I'm already stressed with planning. Do you have any advice for me? What is the one thing or what are the things that are kind of weighing on you? Well, my wedding venue wants to know every exact detail of the day and they gave me a deadline um, by the end of um, the summer. Uh-huh. And it's been incredibly stressful to think of, oh, what song do you want to be uh, playing while you're walking down the aisle? Or what song do you want your guests to be waiting for you to? And um, do you want tea or lemonade while they're sitting and waiting for you? It's it's a little bit crazy to, to micromanage every single detail of the day. So wait a second. When is your wedding? It's April 2024. And they want to know what song you want to have playing while your guests are having lemonade? <laughs> yeah. Um, are it's they crazy. the ones providing the uh, the entertainment or like the, the DJ? Is it one of those yeah. places? It's all in one? Yeah. Oh, so why can't you just have a conversation with the DJ at that point? Or like as you get closer rather than at the end of the summer before your wedding in April? Because what happens if... The song choice changes. What happens if the song you right? want play doesn't even exist yet? And I, it's just like incredibly stressful to think of this so early on. Yeah. Like right now, I'm just in the in the stage of getting everyone's address, but they want me to have like a timeline of okay, have your your song ready. Have what do you want um, your guests to be drinking? It's just crazy to think of this so far ahead. Yeah, I understand like the planning process and like what venues have to go through. But to me, this seems a little excessive in terms of timeline. Are you yeah. working with a, not necessarily a wedding planner, but like a day of person? Yeah, I think there's an event coordinator. I don't even know her name. There's been so many people reaching out to me, but... Um, maybe I should be reaching out to them and say, hey, this is a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some, yeah. Like, at least for our wedding, I don't know about you guys, Roz, but we hired an outside of, you know, from outside of the, the, the venue that we were dealing with, we hired like a day of person who that person was the one that was the in-between you as the bride and the venue. So that person took all those meetings, took all those questions and handled all the stuff uh, in that aspect. Uh, you can also go with a wedding planner as well um, and then let them kind of handle all that stuff. So it relieves some of the stress from from you. Yeah, I, I think I think the reason why too I chose this venue was because um, like they do everything for you, but mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd be asking this kind of stuff um, already. And another thing is, too, wedding planners are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so you like, may not even need a wedding like, planner. You could go with like a day of person. Yeah. At least we found it very beneficial with our wedding. Okay, sounds good. Maybe I'll reach out to them and so kind of. I, I would <laughs> say, like, if you're paying these people, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a DJ and you're already paying for the DJ. When they call you up and say, what do you want to be playing at this time? I think that your response should be, well, I'm paying your DJ. I would like your DJ to email me like three or four options. Yep. 
That seems because, fair, right? Yeah. You know what do I what what do I want the you know my guests drinking? I don't know. Like, give me some options here. Mm-hmm. You know, let me let me like I I I can't make decisions just out of the air. Like you, I've hired all of you guys to put all this together, and I'm paying an incredible amount of money. But I need to get something from you other than just day of. Like you got to work with me here. Yeah, and it's hard too because my fiance really doesn't care. Um, he's like, as long as there's beer, <laughs> just tell me what when to show up. Yeah, so it's there's, there's, there's tons of pressure on me. And yeah. is um, anyone like, else helping you with any of this stuff? Like any friends, family, any of your girlfriends, anything like that? Yeah, like I have my five girls, but they're like, well, it's your day. Um, and actually, that's another thing too. Like my mom, she hasn't been as um, involved as I'd like her to be. Um, have you told her that? No, and I don't know how to say it without totally offending her. Yeah. Because it does seem far away. You know, like I think there, yeah. there may be yeah. some people in your life who are ready to step up, but they're not ready to step up 13 months early. Mm-hmm. And even like just living your own personal life. Like I, I work in long-term care, which is already stressful. And then yeah. I'm coming home to like 10 emails from different vendors and, I just want to make sure I'm communicating to everyone, but Mm -hmm. it's hard when I don't even know what song I want to walk down the aisle to yet. I would get, I would get them to give you options as opposed to you having to just sit and do all of this. Be like, listen, you're the professional. I'm paying you. You're the DJ. You know better than I do. Like what, what do people, what do you do in this situation? Are you playing just like nondescript sort of loungy type stuff or does it work better for the room? If everybody knows what, like help me out here. So kind of put it back on them a bit. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Can I just say one quick thing? Of course. My mom and I absolutely adore you guys. I think we've been listening to you since I was five, and I'm now 25. Oh, wow. I absolutely (sighs) adore you guys, Um, and I listen to you every day, even though I live in the middle of nowhere now, and I listen to you guys even though there's static. Oh, girl. (laughs) So I love you guys. Well, you know we got a podcast too, right? I do, yeah, but it's not the same when you guys are live. Oh, gotcha. All right. That's all good, <laughs> Thank Keely. Thank you so much. Love, love you. you Thank you for all of your support and uh, all the best. Thank you. Love you guys. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on KISS. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Yo, who is hitting up Nordstrom today? Liquidation sale starts. Is that the deal? But I heard that it's not up to like the 80% yet. Like it's going to be like 15%. So I I don't want to, I want to save more than tax. You don't. But there's going to be nothing left. Yeah, you don't know retail, baby. No, but if I want some Louboutins, I don't want to only save 15%. There will be no Louboutins at 80%. No. That's what you're not getting. You're going to get at 80%. you're going to spend full price. In like four weeks, you'll be able to get... A pack of five Fruit of Loom white T-shirts <laughs> yeah. at eighty percent off. Yeah, not right? in your size. Not in in triple XL. Yeah, right. That's what you're gonna get. Yeah, but guys, but I do want to go. 
I have had so many people a few weeks ago. You remember when we were talking about Nordstrom closing across the country? Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, that's a lot of space now to fill because these stores are gigantic. Massive, what do we do, right? Yeah. You're going to fill it with another one brand name store or you're going to break it up and put a bunch of different stores. And I had the suggestion of, hey, why not turn them into like apartments or condos, right? Yeah. And people can just live at the mall. Why not? Yeah. And then so after I said that, how is it that a news report came out later that day that it was suggested by some business person to Bloomberg that that's what they should do? And then everyone started tagging me in that story. But I think the difference is what you were suggesting was super cool. Living in the mall, it has to be the same, like it has to be connected. Whereas I think with Bloomberg, they want to actually like... Build a condo. Build a condo. I like Mocha's idea where I could walk from, you know, Joe Fresh (laughs) over to my apartment within the same mall. Let me read this to you. One of the options could be to break up the large vacant spaces into smaller shops and potentially include some residential apartment units as the country struggles to keep up with a housing shortage yeah yeah that would be nice though but i i I like your idea where you don't even change anything you just build you just frame out the inside like it's the same tiles nobody 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 gets windows nobody gets anything well i mean you pay the premium for the window right if you want you may get an inside you it's like it's like a cruise ship totally right like if you want that if you want that window if not you're in the middle of the ship and people would pay for that i've done middle of the ship on a cruise that's not a good that's not fine no but think about the the potential think about like the atmosphere, yeah. like every, just convenience of everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right there. Know. Yeah, but you're going to be the person that opens up your little indoor window yelling at people to keep it down. No, it's the mall. You expect that. Santa's yes. right there, you know, once a year, right? <sighs> Oof. Look, at, I, right? I've never been that close to a Manchu walk in my life. Every Yo. day. Oh, oh, every so what do you need Uber Eats for? No. You walk to the food court right there, man. In your pajamas. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you. I would like to live in a mall. I don't know. You got you got teens though that hang around in the mall. You want teens hanging around in your your? No, no, your no. Place? But like it's separate. Like they're gonna, they're gonna separate. figure it out. It's completely yeah. no. They separate. would have to put a gate up to the residential. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. More. Yeah. 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 What? Now you guys want to start building walls? Come on, segregation. Gates, gates, gates. Come on. Oh, okay. That's how rich people get around it. That's how. That's how. That's how. That's how all the. I forgot. That's how all the rich people get around it. Okay. I see at the wall protest, but I also see where you live, and you live behind a fifteen foot wall. So tell me how walls don't work. It's not a wall. It's a gate. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. A lot of people, Dan Mori was on this yesterday, a lot of people pissed off at Nordstrom. What did I say? The liquidation sale at six Nordstrom stores in Toronto began yesterday and shoppers were pissed. This is because m- most stores, most items, the sale was 5%. Man, What's the... It would cost more for parking and for the energy to get into that store that to save five percent. Yep, five percent. One okay. shop. One shop. Give, do- give the dollar amount for the amount of energy more. <laughs> okay. Well, parking is like twenty bucks. Yeah, I just said just the, the energy, energy. The energy is about fifteen dollars. So that is like forty-five bucks right there. Fifteen dollars worth of energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one five sh- percent. One shopper oh, said, your mouth was wrong." <laughs> <laughs> one shopper oh. said, "That ain't even tax. They're disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Disrespectful. That's what I was saying. It's not a charity. 
If you're going to get us there, hype us up for a liquidation, then give us more than 5%. I wasted $15 worth of energy to walk into that store. Thank you. Spokesman for Nordstrom said that while most items, yes, were 5% off, some customers could still see some merchandise that is up to 20% off. Bring that magnifying glass. I walked by Nordstrom yesterday. The one that's up the street from the radio station? Yeah. The place was packed. Yeah. But I didn't see the signs it said. Packed with disappointed people spending 5%. all that money on energy. Yes. Yeah. $15 here, $15 there. Do you, do you spend more energy, Maury, when you're disappointed than when you're excited, do you think? <clears throat> that's a good question. I think I would spend more on excited energy. You think so, huh? What's worth more money, though? Excited energy. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Like, get me excited. Um, tickle, tickle. That's fifteen bucks. That's fifteen bucks. I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give you seven dollars worth of excitement, boy. <laughs> I'm gonna use. You know what? I bet you. I to get more excited. I bet you. I would use seventy-five cents worth of energy. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yep. Sold. Yeah, that's you fine. I'll give you five percent. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'll give you my email for the e-transfer. Yeah, Maury all pissed off that a lamp is only... If I'm Maury, if I offered you 5% of my affection, that would be more than enough. I'll take that. Yeah, see? Ain't nothing wrong with 5%. More than you got in like past 15 years, huh? Right. (laughs) (laughs) The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Canada's Got Talent is back. Tomorrow night, kicking off season two. Mm-hmm. Your judges are all back as well. Howie Mandel, Lily Singh, Trish Stratus, Cardinal Official. Uh, last season, 1.3 million viewers every single week. Winner once again this year, 150000 bucks, courtesy of CIBC. We'll also get financial advice from CIBC. Oh, I need that. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a good bonus. That's a great prize. <laughs> <laughs> Lottery should come with that. <laughs> uh, Damon Mori catching up with, uh, with all the judges. And what I'm reading here as well is uh, this season, there's a real international flavor of acts from all over the world coming home to compete on CGT. Canadians living abroad and some acts who have recently moved to Canada are allowed to compete hmm. on Canada's Got Talent. This season. Dan Mori with uh, Howie Mandel is how we started off. Now, you've done so many incredible jobs over the years. I have. Has I there have. been anything you've <laughs> turned down that would shock us that you still regret? Well, I, you know, I turned down Deal or No Deal. But you did do Deal or No Deal. I know. Deal. My wife made me do it. But I turned it down <laughs> three times thinking it was ridiculous, thinking it wasn't a game, thinking it was going to sink my career. And uh, my wife told me I was wrong, made me take the deal. And that was the one thing that I really said no to wow. that probably is the biggest success to date in my career. Wow. I had no idea. That's crazy because he seems so perfect for deal or no deal. Yeah. I figured that it was built for him. It's so it, perfect. It seems like it, right? Yeah. Uh, Dan Mori talking to the uh, judges of Canada's Got Talent, which again kicks off on City TV tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Uh, we head over to Lily Singh now. What is like one talent that sparks the most debate between the judges? Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm going to have to say dance. I, in my opinion, it's dance because I think I'm a dancer, so I look for choreography and synchronization and 
I think, you know, some of the other judges look for entertainment value or if there's a story, but I think there's so many things to pick apart when it comes to dance, especially if it's a big dance group. Costumes, facial expressions, there's just so much to it. And so I'd say we're usually pretty heated and divided on dance. Were you I at, can see that. Were you at the taping? Yeah. Maury, at one of the tapings? Yes, I was. Yeah, those are pretty long days, huh? Very long. <laughs> and then do the judges get... Thank God they came around with donuts. Do they? Oh, they give everybody in the audience donuts? Well, you have to, like, raise your hand and hopefully you get a donut. There's only 12 oh. in the box. Damn. Wait, what? They only bring one box Enough of about 12? the donut. Enough about the donuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out if he's serious or not. I am. Just, I, yeah, I, okay. For an entire I, I, stadium of people? No, they weren't giving them to everybody. That's right. <laughs> okay. So why didn't you... I, yeah, exactly. Okay. <sighs> Trish Stratus now, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I need to know this. During the taping of CGT, <laughs> yes. have you ever farted at oh, the judges' table and Trish? hoped that everyone would think it was somebody in the audience? Yes. Bro, oh, oh, wow, she says yes. I'll just go to the table and hope that everyone would think it was somebody in the audience. Yes. I'm a human being, okay? Everybody farts. Oh, my God, Trish. During shows. In, with audience members around them. Sometimes they do. I didn't think you would really be honest about that. I'm a human being. Can't you hold it in? No, because then I feel no, like... No, you're shaming kind of her? And stuff. And the, if I'm crampy, then it could be like cranky, and then my judging would be way off. I no. need to bring my most authentic self to the judge's panel. Okay. It's my job. Okay. Sham, why are you shaking your head? Like I can't imagine Trish Stratus farting, bro. No, <laughs> I can, see, doesn't I can. Exist. Doesn't exist in my world. Oh, I, nope. you don't. You don't think like when nope. she get, you, like what about in wrestling? Absolutely. Oh, not. body slams. Listen, no. she got a you big can't head. Help that. Trish Stratus nope. coming back for WrestleMania 39 in two weeks, nope. right? Mm-mm. Doesn't exist in my world. Really? Oh, nope. oh I'm proud of. Listen, man. I. Uh, to you know me, what? Oh, I, I applaud the honesty from. I, no, I love the honesty. Just it doesn't yeah. exist. It does world. not oh, exist. Yeah. Huh? Nope. Makes uh, me appreciate her more. Oh. CGT judge Cardinal Official, friend of the show. Now. We're here at the judges' table at Canada's Got Talent with my buddy Cardi. Have I seen you since you did the beard? Do you I don't like know, that. I don't know if I've seen you since the full beard. I love uh, the full beard. Touch the beard. Can I touch it? Yeah. It's shiny. Oh. It's like steel wool. It, I can clean dishes <laughs> with this thing. <laughs> okay, we are at the judges' table at That's Canada's right. Got Talent in the middle of a taping. Do you know that nobody else has ever done this before? I know, I'm special. It, it is. Okay, Only what him. can you tell us? How is this season, season two of Canada's Got Talent, going to be, like, you know, even better than season oh, one? Wow. Talent through the roof. How can you encourage people that it's going to be that good? Listen, here's what I'll tell you, and this is no disrespect whatsoever to the acts that came in season one. Like, season one, I was like, okay, this is amazing. It did incredibly, you know, Canada's number one show, favorite show, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, how's it going to be better? I'll tell you this. Season two, I've seen people bend, stretch, flip, sing, more bending and stretching, burn, like things that I've never seen before. Sounds like my bedroom on a Saturday night. Excuse me. (laughs) Is this a liar? There are children here, sir. There are children here. <laughs> a liar. Are you ever worried that Canada might run out of talent for Canada's Got Talent? No. No. Because the reason is we're making up for like decades and decades of neglected talent. Why you got to lie to the man? I need him to like me. No, you think he's going to like No, Eddie, he said, I've seen porridge. <laughs> Kit Kat. I've seen knitting, sweat, beige, <laughs> milk. <laughs> I 
You know what I mean? Oh, then you could be like, that sounds like my bedroom on a Saturday night. Right? <laughs> Beige. Oh, that is your judges for Canada's Got Talent. Cardinal Obichel, Tristratus, Stratus, Lily Singh, and Howie Mandel. Uh, you can catch season two, the premiere tomorrow night at 8 o'clock on City TV. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Canada's Got Talent debuted on City TV last night. By the way, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. I got to play for you this one performance that had everybody shook. Okay. Okay? Listen to the intro for it first. What's your name? Geneviève. What do you do? I'm an entertainer. I like making noise. Making noise. Do you I believe, believe you can win this? I believe. Wow. I well, believe. Ma- make us believe. Good luck, young lady. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so all she said was... I'm an entertainer. She's an entertainer, and yeah. she makes noise. Okay? Gotcha. She's from uh, Laval, Quebec, by the way. Um, here is Genevieve from Laval, Quebec on CGT last night. So, Roz, inside of the Roz Amoga Studios now, your eyes popped out of your head for a split second. Let me tell you, everybody in the crowd during CGT last night, yeah. the exact same thing. I'm always including the judges. Blown away when somebody has incredible talent, but they choose to direct it in a very peculiar way. <laughs> right. Because usually on these shows, you, know what I mean? you see dancers. There are singers, there are magicians, there are impressionists. This is the first time in a long time that I've seen someone do something um, like this she, theatrical. She she obviously has a beautiful voice. She can obviously use her voice. She can obviously sing by that role at the end there. But it's just how she chooses to use it is very odd to me. Doesn't Jean Vieve of Laval, Quebec on CGT last night on the premiere episode yeah. of season two. Yeah. Get Howie's golden buzzer. Of course. OMG. I was so excited to do this show because I have always had an issue with the fact that I was forced, forced to leave Canada to go do what I wanted to do. My biggest dream is to find something that we haven't seen before. Something that will say, this is this person from Canada. This is a talent. And you know what? This is the moment that it happened. Oh my God. Golden buzzer. Oh. And you know how 
Howie. Like, he's just a fist bump guy, right? Yeah. He doesn't like getting close. He's yeah. got the, the, the phobia. He's just like, doesn't want to touch anyone for yeah. germs and all that. This girl's performance blew him away so much, he gave her a hug. Really? On stage in front of everybody. Wow. Yeah, so that's what happened. That was like the biggest moment, the golden buzzer oh, moment wild from CGT show, last night. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Hello, Kate. Welcome to Roz and Mocha's Hell of a Story. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. You? Good. Kate, where and when does your Hell of a Story take place? Well, it takes place... Um, Last summer, so July, um, and in um, Folkestone in the UK, uh, which is the southeast of um, the UK. Okay, so what happened? We moved into our house about five years ago in a Victorian, it's a Victorian townhouse, and um, it was a heat wave of 2022. Um, I was wor- working from home one day. Um, I noticed this kind of thick, dark substance, which was kind of trickling down our bedroom wall. And I kind of ignored it, as you do. (laughs) And I just kept kind of wiping it off. And I thought we just had some new windows um, installed. So I thought it was like some tar or something left over. So as the days went on, the substance kind of increased and it started kind of almost pouring down our bedroom walls. What was Um, the consistency of it, Kate? Was it like thick, like you had mentioned tar? It was was thick, kind of very dark, sticky. Okay. Did it smell? I didn't smell it. At the, at the, initially, I didn't smell it. Yeah. So, did um, you smell it, and then I, <laughs> <laughs> And then I did smell it because I couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah. Um, and it smelled really, really sweet. I don't know why, but I then tasted it. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Okay. Because okay. that was going to be my next question. Did. What did it taste like? Well, it was honey. You had honey running down your walls. It was, yeah. Not a little honey, like a lot of honey. A lot of honey pouring down our bedroom wall, yeah. Where, where was the honey coming from? Well, <laughs> so we, so I, um, obviously once I realized that it was honey, I um, needed to investigate more. So I went, our daughter's bedroom is above us. So I went upstairs and um, I pulled back her carpet and I was immediately kind of hit with this horrendous, like sickly sweet smell. It wasn't a nice sweet smell. It was like back of your throat kind of like ugh. Oh. um and I, I looked a bit closer and saw kind of movement in between the floorboards like in the cracks of the floorboards uh-huh. and suddenly all these massive fat maggots started crawling out of the oh. floorboards oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> massive um and uh, so obviously pushed us through the carpet back and kind of tried to work out what the hell was going on so um me and my husband then went up kind of armed with a saw and a hammer and we um, peeled back the, the carpet and basically cut off, cut out a small segment of a floorboard. Mm-hmm. And underneath, we just found all this like black kind of almost composted honeycomb. It started to look like in this small segment. Yeah. Right. Um, and out flew loads of moths and there was loads of maggots in there. Um, <gasps> Yeah, it was it was disgusting. I think we kept going until there was a space of about six foot by about three foot. Oh my god! Full of thick kind of honeycomb. In your townhouse, were like bees or like were they flying around? Like were things so coming no, out of there so, flying around? So the only thing that was flying out of there at that time was moths. Okay. Um, and um, so we we believed it to be like an abandoned kind of beehive that had been there for like decades. The moths, moths were these wax moths that live off the honeycomb oh, apparently. So they've been releasing releasing this honey, <laughs> um, 
out of out of the comb. We felt through into the wall cavity as well, and all that was full of even fresher honey. Oh my um, god! I contacted someone about the removal of this, but no one was interested because it was um, there were no bees there. So they, the only people that would do it would um, were these specialists, um, and they quoted like ten thousand pounds to remove it, which we obviously just couldn't afford. So we started clearing it out ourselves with a pair of rubber we had rubber gloves, and we were like pulling out all this honey and comb into bin bags. Um, but the next day, that's when the story takes a bit of a turn for the worse. We went to bed, woke up the next day ready to start again, went upstairs, and my daughter's room was full of bees. <gasps> there was just hundreds of bees in in the room, um, and we were like obviously panicked didn't know what to do um and i called a local bee man and just beekeepers asking trying to find advice of what to do we obviously shut the door he came in his all his gear and explained that they were robber bees robber and they were coming to yeah robber bees who knew Um, they were coming to steal the honey to take back to their hives oh damn they were honey thieves yeah thieves Thieves. yeah exactly so you went from having no bees to then all the bees yeah yeah. Well, how do the bees know? Like they could sniff it out, or was there like a sniff honestly, somewhere in the wall? Honestly, they're smart. Bees are so clever. I learned so much about bees. They've all got these different jobs, and yeah, they smelt the honey. But we don't yes. kill bees anymore, so you can't yes. just destroy now, right? The beekeeper man, the nice man, said that um, the bees would only come. They would go to bed if you like um, at night time, so at dusk. So basically, at night time, we came into the room and most of the bees had gone, apart from a few night owl bees. <laughs> um, we just cleared it out whilst the bees were not there. And then in the morning, they would come back and we'd shut the door and let them out of the window. And we did that for a few weeks um, until we'd completely cleared it up with like, yeah, hot soapy water. And then we put talcum powder down. Um, yeah, it took ages. It was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I imagine between the, the, the honey and the hot soapy water and the talcum powder, your place probably smelled wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's probably the best it's ever smelled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is everything good? Like no more bees, no more honey, everything inside the, the walls and in the ceiling, like everything's all good? Everything is all good. Yeah, we've um, we managed to um, like put down some floorboard, new floorboards and um, we've still got a bit of a hole in our walls so we need to get that replastered. Um, but they're in, and we've filled in the holes on the outside so I'm hoping this summer, I don't, I'm hoping, we're kind of a bit worried that they might come back. We're hoping this summer they, they will not. My favorite part <laughs> of this story is that when you lifted up the carpet and found maggots, you just went ahead and put that carpet back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In that moment, that was not a today job. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. That was one hell of a story. You're welcome. Thanks, Kate. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Well, here we are, Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Oh, damn. Third month, 23rd day. Oh, damn. 
year 2023. When you look at the numbers, it's 32323. Forwards and backwards, the exact same. Mind blown. Damn. Mind blown, blown, right, guys? Damn. (laughs) Damn. That is like, that's all the work you need to do today. You're welcome, everybody. Right? That's it. You can go home. Damn. What's the significance of that? Anything or is it just cool? It's just super cool. But like Isn't the people it like aren't... a paragram? No, it's a palindrome, but it's numbers. But yes. Um, but like is are people aren't making a big deal? Like it's not some This is when people get married. Yeah, people tend to do it on stuff. I think my brother did that, like on a You don't like remember a... your brother's wedding anniversary? <laughs> Who remembers their brother's wedding most people, anniversary? Most people. Yeah, most people. Shut the front door. Whoa, I almost thought you swear. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool. Hold on here. Who remembers their siblings' wedding anniversary? Most people, especially when they live together. Stop it. You've lived with your brother your entire life. Yes, I have. Brief moment in time uh-huh. where you, y'all didn't That's true. live together. There's a chapter find out, in your book. You can find out about it in yep. Ross's memoir, A Little Bit Broken. Yep. Available everywhere. Yep. Um, and <laughs> Come on. Still- Birthday is enough. Who remembers their anniversary? Nobody. Nobody remembers their siblings' anniversaries. I'm not saying I'm not like I'm not willing to celebrate. Like if they're like, "Hey, we're having an anniversary," sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm down, man. Send me the email. Well, you're not gonna like look in your calendar and be like, "Oh, hey, calendar." Rich's anniversary is coming up. I wonder if he's uh, him and Leanne are gonna have like a dinner or something. Why would I put it in my? Te- why would his anniversary be in my calendar? Because it's your brother and you love him. You don't move birthdays and anniversaries year to year to your calendars. We've put in everybody's birthday and anniversary in our calendar every year. Maury, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Well, please. I have never once, mm-hmm. never in my life, mm-hmm. put something in my calendar. Oh, you should. It's very useful. That's very lazy. Helpful. Like appointments? Never. Really? Well, you know, as you, you don't you, use a calendar at all? No. People, s- people send me stuff and then it just magically appears in my calendar. But oh, you're very but forgetful. You, but you hit accept, right? Sometimes I get Catherine gives me real grief for not hitting accept. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she was she was actually sitting beside me one day when the uh-huh. when the calendar invite came uh, in the top right hand corner of my laptop and I hit dismiss. Oh <laughs> because God. because I thought that's, it was some dumb shopping pop up, right? I don't read those, that's so right? <laughs> it's so disrespectful. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I don't read those. Bro, could you imagine if it was the invite to the wedding? Shush. <laughs> Your own wedding? Stop it. No. <laughs> I decline. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read those things. Make sure you're here on this day at this time. <laughs> it's okay to admit it. Roz, all grooms need to know. No. They all need to be reminded. Where do I have to be? Dude, what time do I have to be there? I, I, I've never put something in a calendar. I've never felt the need to. But put as you get in the older, calendar. don't you need to? For what? What well, do I need? Memory? For what example, do I need a calendar. What if it's memory. like a doctor's appointment or something? Because you know, doctor's appointments—they're made. They're not made like days before. Right. They're made months, weeks, sometimes months before. I will say yeah. this though: with doctors and stuff, they usually email you the day before yeah. to remind you. Yeah. I had. I, like, I have an appointment. Okay, you want to know how I do things? This yes. is, You want to know my system? Yeah. Okay, here's the foolproof Roz system of organization. Okay. Of life organization. Okay, I'm gonna get ready to have okay. my mind blown. Let's go. I got an appointment today. Okay. Right? I got to take rocks somewhere. Don't even know. See? If it was in your calendar, you'd somewhere. know. Somewhere. Okay. <laughs> somewhere I got an, an appointment today. I got uh, to take rocks somewhere with me. Yeah. Right? So it's cool. It's not like, it's not a medical thing or anything like that. So 
um, on Monday. This is how it starts. This is how I organize my life. Okay. And it was booked months ago. Okay. Okay. So on Monday, it starts with uh, panic. Uh huh where I think that I've missed the appointment. Yes. Then what I do is I spend a good 40 minutes on my phone and I start on text. And I'm like, huh, what was that guy's name? <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm, when was that? When did we originally talk? And then I just start searching my, my text, right? And then if I don't find it in text, then I go over to my email. And I'm like, huh, what do I search? Maybe appointment. If I search appointment in my, in my, in my thing, maybe the man sent me something and then I can go back and find that email that he sent me. And then I'm like, oh, damn, okay. Maybe we didn't do it on email. Maybe we did it on social. Maybe we first connected on Instagram. Then I go over to Instagram and I search my inbox on Instagram. Guess what? what? Found it. <laughs> After how long? Oh, 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Foolproof, right? <laughs> Foolproof. Foolproof. And then what I do is I do this, is I send Catherine an email and uh -huh. I say, hey, me and Rox have this thing this week. Put it in your calendar. Got <laughs> <laughs> Okay? Yeah. And then when it's the day before, Catherine's like, hey, don't forget you got that thing with Rox tomorrow. Yeah. System. <laughs> Mind blown, everybody. Foolproof. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, damn. You okay over there? Yeah, sorry. What's going on? Nothing's just... Everything's falling apart. You okay? Yeah. What happened? Just my... I need to know. I can't see anything. It's my iPad. Oh. I've Mocha had... stands during the entire show, by the way. I always sit. I've never stood. Could you do it? No. No. Try no, it. No. Just try it. No. Really? Standing? Yeah. No. It's an experiment. Stand for like no. 30 seconds. No, but you used to stand when you would have to host and, and do the stuff on ET Canada, right? I hated it. Oh, did you really? Hated it. No. Mm -hmm. All those times you stood. Always fought to be at the desk. Really? Hated it. Why? Not comfortable. Huh. Can't perform. Back pain? Not good. Don't don't feel don't feel my best. Really? Nope. You couldn't stand. No, no. Wow. Doing this, like I watch you stand, and I'm like, how do you do that? I don't even uh -huh. know. Like, what do you do with your arm? Like, what do you, like, I need to lean. I need to, like, hunch. I think, it's, I, I, I think it's because I have, like, because I'm in control of all the controls here. Yeah. So I need easy access to, to the, the four sitting down. screens yeah. that I have in front of me, plus the, the two mixing boards with all the dials and buttons yeah. and stuff, right? It's crazy. When I went in to do the audio book, um, to, to read my the audio version of the book, they had uh, a station that was like a standing station where you stand and I guess they had put like a, a thing in front of you where you put your notes and everything mm -hmm. else. And I walked in and I was like, no. And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm going to need like this entire room redone. No. And, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I don't do high, you, I don't do high stools. I don't stand. Not even a stool. Nope. I was just gonna ask about a stool. No, nope. they were like, what do you need? And I'm like, I need a low office chair with armrests on it. I need a desk, a full desk in front of me. Yeah, and I need the microphone to be put in a position of where I can lean forward and hunch. Yeah. And there, and, so imagine and, my body in the the, yes. the shape of the letter S. Yes, yes, yes. Because most people, when they do this stuff. Posture is a consideration, of course, and their breathing is a consideration. Yes, and and all of this and all of this stuff. Where for me, I know that the best performance that is ever going to come out of me 
is if I'm like doubled over and folded. <laughs> Crinkled up like tinfoil. Yes. <laughs> when you go to voice school, they teach you to right? stand. No. I went to voice school. It's, 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 yeah, it's, the, it's a terrible lesson to teach, to, to ask the, somebody to stand. The, the breathing um, no. and posture, because when I was very early on in my uh, broadcasting career, when I, it was actually when I went to, I interned at a radio station in New York, mm-hmm. and the one announcer that I was like job shadowing, yeah. he stood but mind you, at their control, they built everything so the announcers really had to stand. Gotcha. And I asked him, I was like, why? Like, you have a chair that is adjustable that you could bring it up to the height if you wanted to sit. Mm-hmm. But for the same reason that he was running all the controls and he said just for breathing purposes, it helps me, um, I feel more comfortable speaking. And then I tried that when I went back to school yeah. after that summer of interning and I tried standing because my first year, I always sat at the desk when I was doing the radio show, yeah. right? My practice radio shows. And then I stood. And then ever since then, I just like got used to it. Yeah, it's interesting because they always tell you, like they'll always say, you know, okay, just, you know, act natural or be natural. And to me, that position of like standing shoulders back is the farthest thing from a natural mm-hmm. state for me. So my natural state is... Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and so... <laughs> and, and, <laughs> is that what you said when they brought you a yes, tiny little yeah, desk? Yes. Into the voice room? And they had to put blankets on it and everything because I guess the voice is bouncing and all this really? other stuff I didn't understand. They, wow. they put blankets on you. No, they had to, they had <laughs> to like... So they had to, and they had to like run all this stupid wires and everything oh, else. No, like they, they had, for you? Yeah, they had to take apart the room. Yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah, yeah, and it looked awful too, right? Like, because yeah. when you walk in, it was cool, right? Like, they're like, huh, look at this yeah. cool room we have. We got a vibe going we, oh, here. Oh, a total vibe, yeah. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I need like, <laughs> you look like a basement yeah, closet. Yeah. I need to look like the teacher sitting at the student's desk, yeah. <laughs> right? That's the way. That's my comfort level. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Is there anything worse than finishing your morning Kit Kat this early? <laughs> you tell us. I'm so disappointed. I have no feelings towards that. I've never, I've never finished a Kit Kat this early. I wolfed it down already, and now I wish I had more. Yesterday, you got a ration during the show. Not only did David Mori have a Kit Kat, but in the that window of time of us being on the radio, for the amount of time that we're on the air, within a one-hour period, David Mori scarfed down two hamburgers and. Two. What was it, a root beer or a bottle no, of Coke or something? Like an old school bottle of Coca-Cola and So a bottle fries. of Coke and fries. Now, with your second hamburger, did you have fries with that as well or just one fries? No, no, just the one fry. <laughs> oh, don't, don't be ridiculous. Ha- hamburger. How stupid of me. <laughs> so, hamburger? Yeah, yeah, two hamburgers. somebody dropped off hamburgers yesterday oh, for him or something large like that. Large fries, a Coke, Kit Kat. <laughs> what else did you have yesterday? Oh, banana and apple. Banana and an apple. <laughs> Man... Bro, you must have destroyed your toilet later at home. Bro, no, I'm sweaty is, and tired. Yes, I know. You know why you're so sweaty, right? Because look at what you're putting in your body that early in the morning. Yeah, but I go through life thinking I need to enjoy my life. I know you do have a you have a relationship with food that is almost like, I, I mean, do you talk to your therapist about your relationship with food? No, we always run out of time before we get to the food. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would maybe encourage that because I think that you, you use food as a substitution for stuff. No, I, I actually can't concentrate and focus unless I'm eating. But that's a problem too, though. Like it keeps me, like if I'm snacking on something, I can no, get a lot not. of work done. 
Uh, I don't think so. Like at home, I'll have like babe, like a massive no. bag of baby carrots. No, I think that you use food as like a reward, right? And you use food as a reward for hard work. And before you even get into doing hard work, you need to have all the food laid out. Mm. Right? Like yesterday, I had like this big thing of taffy. Taffy! <laughs> like now a strip say, of taffy. Okay, when you say big thing, okay, so a strip of taffy, not like a tub of taffy. Oh no, like a package of taffy. Like a, like a size you- of, it's like a size of a Mr. Big. Oh my God! Isn't taffy just sugar? Yeah, that's a lot of taffy. Isn't that just what? Isn't that? <laughs> oh. Isn't that just just wow. sugar? Kit I don't Kat, know. What... Two hamburgers, large fries, Coke, taffy. What else okay. do you have? Oh, banana, banana, apple. apple. Okay. What I, else? When's the last time you heard an adult say, "Oh man, I just had some real good taffy." <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, when's the last time Never. you heard a grown man zero times say zero times? Yeah, yeah. But have you had taffy, Maury? I maybe I did when I was a child. That's a child's <laughs> food. Okay, grown's don't eat taffy. What are you doing eating taffy? It, it the was size a mis- of a Mister Big. If Catherine was leaving the house and yeah. I said, "Yo, babe, while you're out, grab me some taffy." <laughs> Right? I I wouldn't be surprised if she never came home. Yeah. You, want to, you want to bring it back to you in the year 1950? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, babe. You get the taffy? Like, you just can't. That is, no, man. Like, the yeah. day before, I had a box of nerds. Do you eat it with your hands? Like, what do you do with taffy? No, I wrap the wrapper around the bottom like it's a banana kind of thing. And it's not a of- banana. No, no, like, like okay. I sort of treat it like I sort of put it in my hand so like a banana. So you peel, you peel the wrapper, the wrapper and then down. wrap it yeah. around the bottom so right. it doesn't get sticky. Okay. And then I sort of, and then eat down the, the I guess, I hold it up long ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then but I, does it flop or is it hard? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It flops. It flops. Mm. Well, it starts hard and then as it gets <laughs> hey, smaller. Hey, 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 hey. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Okay. It starts right up and down. Like okay, you peel yeah. down the shaft of the of the taffy. Shut up, Shem. I'm just curious. God, no, yeah. no, no. And then as you get as it gets smaller, then yeah. it flops down. Okay. So man, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are like it's not cool. Okay. It's not what the taffy? No, nah, none of this. None of this is cool. I every time we start talking about your diet morning, we go to places that I don't want to go. Will you bring me No, there? no, 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 no. Uh, just for the record, in that conversation, you guys said this. It flops. It flops. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Taylor Swift kicked off the Eras World Tour Friday night in Glendale, Arizona, and already set a record. Most attended female concert in U.S. history. 69,000 people showed up for that That's first crazy. show on Friday night. Um, previous record holder was Madonna for her 87 show in Anaheim. 63,000. So in 2023, Taylor Swift killing it with 69,000. I heard she did like 44 songs or something like that. It was a three-hour show. That's like, crazy. That is a, you know what's even more nuts is the fact that Taylor Swift has yet to announce any Canadian shows. Yeah. Right? She yeah. got concerts right up until, like, I think the end of August. Yeah. And they're all in the States, nothing in Canada yet. And there are multiple dates in between all those U.S. shows that um, that are open for her to do things, shows in, like, Vancouver, Montreal, mm-hmm. Toronto, kind of like the usual 
stops that she makes. And I find it incredible that she, for a show that is so long and so put together, that she's not doing the identical show every night. She switched up, she switched up the set list on night two. Which is... In, which is crazy. Yeah, an astronomical amount of work. Yeah, to do that. Right? To not go and do the same show every because single typically, night. typically, artists... When they're on a world tour, it's the exact same show every single Most night. Most nights, because they had has to. It has to time out right? with lighting and everything else, right? Uh, but this is, uh, like, there's a bunch of stuff on social media, but uh, this is how Taylor Swift opened the show. You're making me feel like I could do anything I wanted. Like, Sixty-nine thousand going nuts right now. And people would think it was cool. tell you i'm actually if she announces a canadian show mm-hmm. like i'm kind of feeling like i want to go to this concert why didn't you go to glendale <sighs> what the arizona mori <laughs> no what's the matter with you uh damn mori was able to get time with someone who's at that glendale show who happens to also be a rosamoka fan what yeah okay In glendale arizona uh damn mori talked to uh taylor swift fan as well tim oh my god mori it was uh it was insane it was insane. It was one of those shows you kind of go in, not really knowing what to expect. First show of the tour, 44 songs, over three hours. Like, it was just, it was just wild. So, basically, she did uh, every every album from, like, the start to the end, kind of went through each one, one by one. So, she didn't mix them up or do anything. She did, like, two or three or four from kind of each album before moving on to the next one. So, she started with Lover. Hmm. Um, and then she went through all of them. She spent more time on like the latest kind of four albums that she's released since she last went on tour. Um, but she just basically yeah, did like Lover went on first, then she went to Fearless, then she went to Evermore, then she went and basically through the end and then she finished off doing seven songs from her latest album as well. Too. So each one was like a new set, a new outfit, a new thing. Like it was just, it was crazy. And she didn't mash any of the songs up. She did every song of the 44, she did each one individually. Usually in between yep. songs, performers, you know, talk to the crowd. What was she yep. talking about during those moments? Did she say anything that we need to know? Well, she, first of all, I mean, I think, I mean, I feel like she's kind of in like a, it's one of those moments where she was sort of like humble. Like, I feel like she was like trying to speak through some things and would just kind of sit there and stop and like, oh, it was like 70,000 people there last night. So it was like everyone was screaming at her and whatever. And she was just kind of like looking at the crowd in awe. Um, she was talking about how she likes to sing a lot of songs that make guys want to apologize, which I thought was rude. Um, and, uh, when she's like, I just basically write songs that just explain to men how they need to be apologizing, which I thought was, yeah, funny. And then, you know, she was just talking about like, she's like, she was so excited to be back on tour again. I mean, she hasn't been on tour since 2018. And then she did, oh, this is one kind of cool thing is that she did, she did uh, one mystery kind of acoustic song. I feel like she did it last year as well, too. But she has plans to do a different song every night of it. So we got uh, Mirrorball last night from, uh, from Folklore. So she won't play that again until 
some point, but she's planning to do a, a an individual or a different song um, every day of the tour. Wow. Incredible. 44 songs. Taylor Swift a lot of songs, on that tour. Yeah. She's got five sold-out shows in one arena in Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium, August 3rd to 9th. She's yeah. doing five sold-out shows. Yeah. Like, if this girl is not, like, running things with these shows... Uh, that's an exhausting show. It's going to be, I don't know, this could very well be, like, one of the most profitable concerts of all time. If these are just the numbers for only the U.S. tour. I don't know. I mean, profit, successful, sure. Profitable, I don't. It looks like a very big show. She's got a lot of people on. Like Ed Sheeran is always profitable because when there's Ed Sheeran's on stage, him. there's nobody with him. Yeah. It's just Ed Sheeran. But I'm looking at these set pieces from Taylor's show. Yeah. It looks very expensive. Uh-huh. And <laughs> very 44 expensive. songs. If you are attending, um, the show may sound, depending on the arrangement, because you said, Roz, that uh, yeah, she's the arrangement the changes ends. every night. Yeah. So on Friday night, the show would have sounded like this. A well-rounded show, guys. And she hits, like, every single song, really. Like, all the big tracks from all the albums. And I'll tell you the thing that when when we when Maury was talking to that fan where he said that she doesn't mash anything up but she does the songs, like that is so key because I know we talked about this that everybody is going to be spending so much money to go and see Madonna when she goes on tour, but Madonna screws with the arrangements of her songs. Yeah. Right? It's almost like she's not happy or whatever it is and you can't do that. And she has never done Like a Virgin how we want to hear Like a Virgin ever no, on tour. Ever. Ever. Mm. No. There you go. Taylor Swift just killing it with that Eras World Tour. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Another lawsuit against uh, Ticketmaster. So Ticketmaster now. This time coming out of Quebec and all over the Drake 21 Savage concert tickets. What happened? That went on last week. So actually it's in Montreal. Montreal-based law firm attempting to file a class action lawsuit against Ticketmaster. After it accused the company of, quote, intentionally misleading consumers for their own financial gain. And then using an example of somebody from Montreal who went to buy platinum tickets for night one of the Drake concert happening in Montreal um, for July 14th. Platinum, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the key. Platinum tickets is what this person wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. 
The tickets cost the Drake fans $789.54. And the tickets are in the nosebleeds. And then after this person bought the tickets, it was announced that night two of the show would happen. And those exact seats, when the person went to check, now cost $427.06. Quote, Ticketmaster unilaterally decides which tickets it advertises and sells as official platinum based on a given event. The result is that most, if not all, of the tickets advertised and sold as official platinum are neither premium tickets nor some of the best seats in the house and are, in fact, just regular tickets sold by Ticketmaster at an artificially inflated premium in bad faith. Now, we went through this, though, the the other week when all of this was going down with... What other band was it they were talking about? People were freaking out over Drake tickets. Mm-hmm. And then there was that band, The Cure, who wanted to sell tickets for $20. And what we found out, or what they made clear at the time is that the idea of platinum seats, when they're made available, where they're made available, is a decision that is made by the artists, yeah, not the so seller. This is Drake? This is, this is a Drake problem, not a Drake's Ticketmaster problem. Drake's organization, 21 Savage's organization, they all know the price point for... All of these shows and yes. all of these these, these concerts. But you they'll the never venues, come out right? and say anything. They'll never say anything no. about it because they know, like, majority of these shows are already sold out. I don't know how people are affording. Like, I, I'm a Drake fan, huge fan, big supporter of his music, right? Yeah. I can't justify spending $700, almost 800 bucks before all the service fees and all that and taxes on nosebleeds for... One of his concerts. This is right from the Ticketmaster website. Official platinum seats are premium tickets to concert and concerts and other events made available by artists and event organizers through Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. They give fans fair and safe access to some of the best seats in the house. Yeah, they know. And that's why, remember the, the whole debacle with... Um, uh, the Taylor Swift concert tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And the bots. Like, Taylor Swift almost immediately came out and said something about this being a problem. But right? then wouldn't she know then if this based on what Roz said? No, 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 no. But it wasn't her... The, the issue with the Taylor Swift concert tickets weren't the concert ticket prices. It mm-hmm. was the way the tickets were being sold and how the bots were scooping them up before actual fans had a chance to get them. They tried to do a verification process with fans that really yeah. hadn't been done on that level before, where in order to make sure that the bots weren't getting all the tickets, that the pre-sale was going to be for verified fans. And you had to go through this whole massive verification process, and it was that process that broke down. Yeah. Right? They couldn't handle that that sort of new thing that they were trying to do in order to make it fair for fans. And that's why everybody freaked out. Uh, So we'll see what happens with this. Again, Montreal-based law firm attempting to file a class action uh, lawsuit against Ticketmaster based on the ticket prices for this Drake and 21 Savage concert that's happened. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Netflix released a trailer for something coming out in April that people are freaking out over right now. If you see uh, Power Rangers 30 
trending still. The hashtag? Yeah. I see that grin on your face, Jim. Did you watch the show? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. You did. Of so course. the original run of the show went from 93 to 96. I've never seen an episode. No? no. Oh, my God. Yo, that show is heavy in our house. No. Yeah. Heavy in our house. No. I was like a grown man then. Uh, they did a movie in 2017, if you guys remember. It bombed, by the way. But they had, like, Elizabeth Banks was in it. She played, um, uh, oh, my God, what's her name? Rita. Rita Repulsa. And then they had Brian Cranston in it as well. As well, he played Zordon. Rita Repulsa. Uh huh. That's what her name. That's the name. villain. Uh, and the guy that played Billy in Stranger Things, Dacre Montgomery. Yeah. He in that movie in 2017 Power Rangers movie, he played the Red Ranger. Oh damn! And then they had they rebooted it again, and they've had a series on from 2021. Okay. So when they drop the trailer, the reason why everyone's freaking out is because it's not like a multiverse thing as far as we know from the trailer, mm-hmm. but they've brought back the original cast from the 90s. Mary Jo Johnson? The original cast from the 90s and then a bunch of the characters who are Power Rangers in the current season as well. But the original cast from the 90s had changed so much from season to season. Mm -hmm. Season one was different from seasons two and three. They were still able to do that. Now, two of the characters from the original run of the show passed away. Right. The guy that played the Green Ranger, he just died in December. That's right. I remember that story. Right? So he's not in it. And they had filmed a lot of this movie before he passed away. Mm -hmm. So for whatever reason, they didn't include him. I don't know. And then the young lady that played the Yellow Ranger is referenced in the movie because she passed away in 2001. And the one part that's freaking everyone out is the twist in the new trailer for the Power Rangers movie. Mm -hmm. Is the girl that passed away in real life, they play it out in the movie that she passed away as a Power Ranger and her daughter is now like, we got to get revenge on Rita Repulsa. Gotcha. What's up? Gang, gang. After all these years, I found a new body. Wait, a repulsa? No, it, it can't be. It's time for revenge. She killed mom. We gotta destroy her. This is Ranger business, okay? Let us sort this out. Rita's creating a time portal. I'll kill you before Zorda makes you rangers. We gotta make sure Rita doesn't hurt anybody else. Attention, Power Rangers! Get to your assigned stations now! Once a ranger, always a ranger. It's morphin' time! Anyway, and then they got all the action, all the sound. Like, everything looks like the original 90s series. It's, like, pretty incredible. And the nostalgic feels that people are tweeting about is pushing this hashtag of Power Rangers 30 because this year is the 30th anniversary of the show debuting. Right, because this is when like a lot of these people were like 11, 12, and 13 years old, right? Oh, I get so hyped when I hear that, man. Yeah. I used to, I dressed up as um, the Black Power Ranger uh, back in... Oh, that's kind of embarrassing. I was going to say high school, but we'll just say middle school. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that was fun, man. You still have the outfit? No, oh, God, no. Oh, God. 
God. Like, it's like a towel on me now, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> wouldn't fit at all. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Yo, Lisa, what's going on? It's Roz and Mocha. How are you? Hey, Roz and Mocha. Good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, why are we talking to you today on FML? What's going on? So I'm wanting a change, but I'm getting a lot of pushback from my dad. You were this. Hey, Raza Mocha, fix my life. I'm 25 and I want to start a career change. I'm currently taking high school courses because I don't have all the prerequisites for the nursing program that I want to get into. I've told my dad my plan and he's not happy about it. He says I should just do the job I already went to school for, which is policing. I don't know if that's something I want to do anymore. And I've always said that I could do more. Uh, he tells me that I'm too old for a career change and that by the time I finish, I will be 30. What do I do? Is it too late to start something else? Um, just out of curiosity, why did you want to switch from policing to nursing? I just wanted to, like, I wanted to do something more. You know, I wanted to further my education. So why are you 25 still doing high school stuff? So that's the thing. When I was in high school, I took a lot of easy courses. I didn't take, like, courses that would open doors for me. And so I do have to go back and get those credits Yeah, because I'm, I'm missing them for nursing. Right. So d- is this like a little bit of maybe your dad not trusting your decisions from a long time? Like this isn't a new thing. Mm, maybe because like right after high school, I went to um, college for child and youth care, but I, I didn't really like it. So I dropped out. Okay. Um, so- and then I didn't go to school for like two years and then I went back for policing and. Right. And who's, just- and who's, who's paying for all this school? Myself. Okay. I do also, yeah. Okay. I wonder if your dad is worried that because since high school you've kind of changed career options so many times, he fears that you're going to take up nursing now and maybe do that for two, three years and then realize it's not for you and want to move to something else. Maybe that's I where mean, his fear is coming from. I mean, maybe like I can understand that, but I, I just feel like my dad, he hasn't like always had the biggest confidence in me when it came to school because... Even before child and youth care, I told him that I wanted to get into economics and he was just like not for it. Well, because you took all general courses in high school. Yeah. Where are you living right now? Uh, I'm living with my mother. And is your father there or no? No, no. No. This is like me doing this this time around. Like I'm confident in what I'm doing. I'm excited about what I'm doing. And like I haven't felt like that with child and youth care and policing. Yeah, it's it, it, it's your life. You're 25. You're an adult, and and if he's not paying for any of it, he you know he can offer his input, but he can't have a say. I suppose. Like he can't. I mean, like what what is he going to do? He's going to force you as a 25 year old adult mm-hmm. to 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 go and be a cop? No, doesn't work that way. I also think that being 25, like you're still young enough to, like people change careers all the time, right? I think 25, I think you're still in that uh, age range where you can totally make a career change. But at the same time, you got to stick to it. Like in this short time that we've been on the phone with you, you've talked to us uh, since high school up until now about four completely different careers that you wanted to take up. Which again is part of the hesitation, I think, from coming from your father as to why you want to make another career change, right? I mean, literally, I'm going all in this time. Like, I just, I wish he had like more confidence in me so I can have confidence to go all the way, you know? For sure. My, my dad has always praised me in high school for getting like 50s. Like, I feel like he just, he never seen my potential. And I've always seen my potential. So I was but taking you've never, these, like, you've never, you've never challenged yourself though. That's the thing because I've never had the self-esteem. 
but I always knew I had it in me. Like I, I've always known I'm smart. Like I've done well in different courses. You know, like I used to be really crappy at math. And then there was one time where I literally got an 80 in math, mm-hmm. you know, because I put like I, I applied myself. So I knew I had it in me. So prove the man wrong. <laughs> you know how they like, say, I, I, you know how they, they I'm, I'm kind of cheesy, but you know how they always say like haters are my motivation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let yeah, that fuel you. Right. you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I just, I, I think that he maybe feels that you are just on a constant loop of avoidance. And whether that is avoidance of responsibility, avoidance of growing up, avoidance of standing on your own and not having to rely on school, because it's very easy for somebody to say, well, I can't do that. I'm still in school. What do you want from me? I'm still in school. And so if you become this perpetual student until you're 30, um, that, you know, that doesn't bring with it a great deal of confidence from the people around you. That's true. And so how do you gain that confidence? Because you only want this sort of because it would be cool. Because as we said, realistically, your father has no say on what you do in your life. You're 25 and you don't live with him and he's not paying for anything. He has no Mm -hmm. say over what you do. You just want him in your corner. Yeah, right. And so I think maybe have that conversation with him. Right. And just say, hey, listen, I know I've said this before and I screwed up on my high school. I I cruised through in in, in basic courses and I didn't take anything that would set me up for my future. And so now I got to go back and do this. And I know I thought I wanted to do this and then this and then the cop thing. And and it all I thought it all was making sense, but none of it actually did. And this is where I landed. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer and I'm sorry if I'm disappointing you right now. But this is sort of where I see my life going. I've made some mistakes, but I'm ready to do this. And I think that you just need to ask him to be in your corner if he doesn't have to pay for anything. That's true. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved, Lisa. Right on. Thanks, guys. All right, have a yo. wonderful day. All the best. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on KISS. Uh, before you got your license, Roz, yeah. you used Uber multiple times every single day. I sure did. You got your license, what, five years ago now, right? Uh, five or six, I would say. Something like that, yeah. Um, when you... We're using Uber when it was like heavy in your life. Yeah. Was that during the time where the drivers could give you as a passenger a rating? Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. they still? They, they always could. They still do. The reason why I bring this up is because Uber Canada released their list, the average rider rating rankings for oh, all of that. Canada. Yeah. Uh, This is what they tweeted out. It's been one year since we've given riders the ability to see exactly how your rating is calculated via the privacy center in the Uber app. For a second year in a row, we are releasing the top five and lowest five ranked Canadian cities for rider ratings. You'll see how many drivers gave you a stellar five-star rating, how many handed out the dreaded single star, and everything in between. Damn. The top five Canadian cities with the highest average rider rating. In at number five, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, they're nice out there. In at number four, Winnipeg, Manitoba. In at number three, Red Deer, Alberta. Oof. And then two places in Quebec take spots one and two. Really? Yeah. Number two, Trois Rivers. Yeah. And number one, Sherbrooke. Okay. Those are the top five Canadian cities with highest average rider ratings. Okay? 
They say if you want to help improve your rating, drivers have shared some of the uh, top reasons they hand out fewer stars. Clean up after your mess. Buckle up. Be ready. Treat everyone with respect. Don't slam the door. Did you find your rating, Maury? Yeah, 4.55. When was the last time you used Uber, though? You don't use it a lot, though, right? I used it yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, because I, for some weird reason, I think it's faster to take an Uber somewhere than to drive there, even though it's both cars. Sorry, say it one more time. <laughs> I always assume that it's faster if Uber wow. drives me versus myself. I don't know what you're talking about. You have about. to wait for the well, Uber I mean, to you get... Don't, yeah, but you don't have to park, right? You don't have to mess yeah, around parking the, yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. I get it, I get but, it. But, like, often, I don't know, like, I'm the worst that if I don't like the kind of car you are driving, I'll cancel on you until I get a better car. What do you mean, don't like the kind of car? What I don't like... What I, kind of position are you in to judge somebody's car? I you don't like... You gotta bust it up, what, 2011 <laughs> Yaris, Toyota Yaris? They got dents and scratches and all sorts of... Because I don't like... Stuff growing on it? I don't like riding in vans. Okay. So, like, if you're, if a, the guy, if it says that it's coming in a van, I'll often cancel just because, like, I can't go in a van. Yeah. What? Okay. Because I get car sick in vans, but I always hope for a Tesla. I've never gotten a Tesla. No? No. I had. My rating, by the way, is 4.87. Oh! Does it piss you off or get under your skin that you're not a five? Um, I was a 4.9 for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, Do I don't you know ask for five stars? Nope. Never once. Never have I asked for a rating. By the way, I, the- I always imagine that if you ask for a rating, they will give you a lower rating. You know what I mean? Oh, like be- just based I, on the yeah, fact that you asked. Yeah, I don't know. There's to me, there's something, there's something not cool about uh, about that. I think they've combined Uber and Uber Eats now, so I think your rating is for both food and car. I, th- I think you're right, Maury. <clears throat> so I well, think it's no, food this, and car. According to to this, this is for average rider ratings. I don't, but I don't say. It doesn't say. But, but everything's overall. on my same account. Like I, Uber I, Eats, I, yeah. yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It says here, the top five Canadian cities with the lowest average rider oh, rating. Oh, damn. Here we go. Uh-oh. In at number five. Yeah. Edmonton, Alberta. In at number four, Hamilton, Ontario. Oh, no. Number three, Montreal, Quebec. Oh, no. Number two <laughs> is Toronto, Ontario. Oh, what's oh. number one? And... The number one Canadian city with the lowest average Uber rider rating is Ottawa, Ontario. Oh. <laughs> Bunch of rudes out there, huh? <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Did you watch a trailer for the Ed Sheeran documentary? No. It's I called did not. The Sum of It All. Yeah. Um, it's a four-part documentary yeah. on Disney Plus May 3rd, okay? Mm-hmm. He's got a new album coming out two days later, the album Subtract. Uh, the song that he teased last week is going to be released on Friday. Was, I don't remember what it was called, but it was heartbreaking. My eyes God, Closed. That's what it was. So yeah. I'm dancing with my eyes closed Like every other emotional Ed Sheeran song? Oh, I keep dancing with my 
So the trailer for the documentary, and this documentary, there's parts of it, dude, which are absolutely heartbreaking. And there's right. some things that I learned in the documentary because it starts out kind of like happy and then goes through some emotional stuff. Do you know when they started? Like over what period? Because I know that he was saying that he went through, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, some really, really rough stuff family-wise and personal. But were they filming then or was this all done sort of when he came out on the other side? So they were filming it prior to the hard stuff that happened in his life. Yeah. And they were able to capture everything, all the emotion and all the stuff that they were able to feature gotcha. in the documentary during the hard times. Okay. So there's a part at the beginning because it was supposed to originally follow Ed Sheeran getting ready to tour the world mm -hmm. and go through that process, rehearsal, writing songs, stuff like that, right? And it featured a lot of his, his mentor, the guy that kind of like brought Ed Sheeran to the world, who was his best friend. And then during the filming, I guess it was when that guy died. Yeah. And shortly after that guy died, when Ed Sheeran's wife was pregnant with their second child, it was discovered that she had a tumor. Right. And they couldn't do anything about it because she was pregnant and they couldn't work on the tumor until after she had the baby. So all of that is in this documentary. And just the trailer alone, it's happy, but at the same time, heartbreaking. Ginger hair. Really short. He stutters. That guy doesn't become a pop star. It's so unlikely. You just have to work harder because there's always going to be someone that wants it more than you. But I do have CDs on sale and they do pay for my food. Club isn't the best place to find the lovers of the bar is where I go. You have to wait for one person to be like, that's great. And for me, it was Jamal. The man who helped launch the careers of music's biggest names. Self-belief. And then the successes started happening. First time doing an album signing. First time in America. First time selling out a show. The biggest tour of all time, selling nine million tickets. Everything in my life sort of got so much better when Sherry got into it. I've got married and I'm a dad who has two daughters. We've reached our peak and then just went... <laughs> Sherry's health. It was really bad. And then suddenly my best friend Jamal dies. <laughs> you guys said, do you want to make a documentary? And I went, yeah, it should be me in the studio and we'll play the gig. That's not what the documentary is. Loss. It just took over my life. Every time something massive happens, I tend to write a song about it. Every song reminds me you're gone. I feel the lump form in my throat. Cause I'm here alone. <clears throat> I've never seen him cry on stage. Just dancing with my eyes closed. Oh my god, this song is so different now, right? Yeah. And be at peace with his thoughts. Time is moving so slow. I feel like every moment. I'm learning. Still dancing with my eyes closed. Life is unpredictable. Plans can change really quickly. Oh, I keep dancing with my so that is Jesus. the new Ed Sheeran documentary. Uh, it's a four-part series on Disney Plus May 3rd. It's called The Sum of It All. But you understand where I say the first part of the trailer, it's like all the happy, amazing stuff. Yeah. And then... A minute in, you get to the real life emotional 
behind the scenes stuff that yeah. we're not really privy to. Yeah. That That's happens incredible. In, in Ed Sheeran's life. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Disney Plus, May 3rd. Uh, new album, Subtract, out on May 5th. And the new single, Eyes Closed, out this Friday. Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On KISS 92.5. KISS 92.5.com. Or download the KISS 92.5 app.